0: I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance?
1: Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior
0: I engaged in.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I, as always, am Giulio Gallerati, joined by... My good friend, Francis Alice, How are you? How are you, buddy?
0: Man, I'm happy to be talking to you again. It's the bright spot of my day. I know. I know. Same here, dude. How are you feeling? You got dude, a haircut.
1: I think, ah, thanks for noticing.
0: You did, but so did I. You got another one? Well, I got a real one.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so did I. I got a real one. Oh. I got a few super, super cuts, though, dude. And, like, Ew. my sideburns are kind of fucked up.
0: They're, like, not the same. Supercuts is like the uh, i don 't even know what you 'd call it it 's so shitty right yeah it's the yeah, taco it's bell of haircuts
1: yeah, truly that's a good comparison. Um, Why
0: did you go to supercuts? What happened in your life recently that forced you to do that
1: <laughs> So I was visiting my parents uh in Connecticut, and they where they live they don't have like good places to get your haircut as far I'm sure I'm sure they do I'm sure they do actually but they just don't go to anywhere special um not that I need somewhere special but I was in a rush and to be honest I trust Supercuts more than I trust like Joe the barber
0: uh-huh okay like, I don't
1: need that like I don't need like a man's man guy cutting my hair and like getting mad at me when I ask him to do something, you know what I mean? I wanted,
0: to- you, you don't need a Confederate flags in your barber shop to feel like you're going to get a good haircut.
1: Well, I, I don't know if that's what I meant, but
0: <laughs> well, you know what, Julio, that's why I'm here to put words in your mouth. I Thank know you. what you mean. Um,
1: <laughs> but I need, I like having a woman cut my hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you disagree? Cause Ricky, who I'm actually staying with right now in Florida, we'll, we'll get to that. Holy um, shit. Ricky won't let a woman touch his head. And I don't like when men cut my hair.
0: That's a great question. Uh, I'm honestly, I had a woman cut my hair the other day or yesterday, but my in the past, my barber of choice has been this Russian guy named Sasha. Ah, uh. and Sasha has done time in Rikers and, uh, is incredibly informed about the uh, political sort of brinksmanship of Russia and how Vladimir Putin came to power and his killing of the oligarchs, which led led me to read the book, um, oh, the one
1: that the you were just
0: reading from Russia with blood, which I've gone back to now that I've finished the great uh, the end of October book. This one is really good. I mean, let me tell you something, Vladimir Putin. Whew. I know. that guy does not give a fuck
1: i know i know it's crazy dude
0: dude you, you know how we talk about like conspiracy theories in america and some people say you know hillary clinton did this or epstein didn't kill himself and it was covered up and like we have these com- conspiracy theories that people love to traffic in mm-hmm. vladimir putin has committed many conspiracy theories
1: totally that are like that are real that are real
0: he killed 300 people in chechnya 300 of his own citizens oh was that the movie theater i don't i don't think no it was like separate bombings yeah there's so
1: many of those stories it's insane
0: and they and he killed his own citizens to to then pin it on like separatists and anti-government cells to try to uh, bolster his his platform and then he And he clamped down on the guys that he was pinning the terrorism on and then was seen as like a politician who had cleansed the country. All right. I know
1: know exactly what you're talking about. The apartment building.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then like right after that, people saw FSB, which is the new KGB. They saw them planting bombs. With the, that were made of the same right. exact chemical makeup as the ones that had been found to have killed all these people, and these eyewitnesses saw them doing it, and the FSB claimed that it was like a training exercise to see if anyone would like catch them.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, so
0: preposterous. And 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 meanwhile, I know I'm just kind of summarizing the book, but it, I mean it's so good. Meanwhile these ousted oligarchs who are the massive wealth holders of, of Russia. Um, and the lead guy was this guy, Berezovsky. They'd all been... Boris. They, yeah, Boris. They'd fled to England. And, you know, he's buying up all these castles in England. But his sole goal at this point, point, this was in the early 2000s, right after Putin had come to power, and Berezovsky had backed him. Um, but then Putin... Cut off his like trust fund from the state, basically because mm-hmm. he was siphoning funds away from the country, and when he did that, Berezovsky turned on him and made it his mission to uh, to reveal what Putin had done to come to power and He put out like a documentary and a book and all these things and I mean, I know where this is going i haven 't gotten there yet, but i'm I know but, uh, that Putin ends up killing berezovsky
1: he spent a lot of time in New York too berezovsky
0: yeah, he was. He's a very rich dude. And, dude, they go to, like, nightclubs and drop, you know, 100 Gs. And, I mean, the wealth right. is just insane.
1: So is that is he the main focus of that book? Do they talk about Kodarkovsky too?
0: Yeah, Kotarkovsky, um, and then Scott Young, who was, like, the fixer, the handsome fixer who ran around, you know, London and, and Chelsea and Soho in London and uh, was just, like, slinging money everywhere. Um, it's fascinating, dude. I mean, the the shell companies, they set up all of that. It's, it's a really exciting and incredibly well-written book, but it also, it also makes me wonder like the, the, the woman who wrote it is a woman named Heidi Blake, and she had written the original story for Buzzfeed news. And then she expanded that into a book. And I have to wonder that when she was writing this book, Was she fearful for her life?
1: Like, probably.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like, when you're writing about a topic that has resulted in other people, everyone else who's talked about this topic, every Russian person, admittedly, has basically been killed for talking about it. If If you're becoming the author and the face behind this story, how scared are you? Right, right.
1: I mean, probably very scared, dude. Or, or at least you, you know that you got to be careful.
0: I think, to me, journalists who write about stuff like this are basically like the, the wingsuit flyers of journalism.
1: Man, right, look at Khashoggi, man. That was a good example that we were talking about before, the, the Saudi right. guy who's writing for the Washington Post. That whole thing, they completely botched that operation at chopping him up, getting away with it.
0: I, I just have to wonder if, as a journalist, your desire to get the truth out there is so great that you're willing to put your life on the line for it.
1: Right. No, dude, I know. It's fucked up.
0: I mean, it's impressive. But at the same time, how much of it is also like, all right, well, are they chasing, like, Pulitzers? Are they chasing book sales oh right you know what's the balance there how 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 moral is it not moral but like how um how much yeah how how much integrity journalistic integrity is driving the need to get this story out versus i'm sure
1: quite a bit man because the people need to know the truth you know and i think if you do a good job at delivering the truth under crazy circumstances like that you get rewarded and you get the notoriety as well you know
0: it'd be pretty cool to win a pulitzer
1: that would be fucking cool dude
0: yeah. The name of the book is From Russia with Blood, written by Heidi Blake. It's about the Kremlin's assassination program uh, and how Vladimir Putin basically went after all the rich Russian dudes who had left the country after the fall of the, the Soviet Union. But,
1: but the connection is the, the connection between all of them is that they all were opposing him. If you like, were willing to play the game and like stay out of politics, like you get to keep, keep rocking.
0: And you know, who, you know who was the big guy who played the game? Abramovich. Roman Abramovich, who owns Chelsea. Totally. And one of the reasons that he was so well-liked by Putin was that in Putin's early rise, when he was like the mayor or deputy mayor of St. Petersburg, uh, Abramovich bought him like a $500 million yacht. <laughs> Dude, roman abramovich used to give yachts out like they were flower bouquets that's so like they were edible arrangements (laughs) that was his gift of choice
1: crazy dude can you imagine
0: it's unbelievable i watched
1: a great uh i watched a shit ton of pbs frontline during the first part of this coronavirus and it's just like one of the best shows like they have great investigative journalism yeah and uh there's a good putin episode it's a two-part i don't know if you've seen it but it's good and I read, there's one part where they talk about when bill clinton met him yes he was like this guy's no good like this is a problem really yeah and this is right when Yeltsin kind of like handed off power to, to putin and yes, but
0: okay he sorry, said, he and he
1: said to yeltsin he's like that was a mistake and i think they say on yeltsin's deathbed like he had mentioned that maybe he had made a mistake by grooming putin to be
0: but Yeltsin was falling apart. He was like a right. no, he was terrible alcoholic, sure. and you know, they basically knew they needed to get him out. But um in this book it says and, and maybe I haven't gotten to that yet, but Clinton and and Tony Blair and then Bush, a lot of Western leaders welcomed Putin early on. Right. Uh, because he was he he campaigned on a platform of effectively draining the swamp. and and ridding russia of the corruption and the uh the incredible like wealth divide that was you know how the how the oligarchs were siphoning wealth from state-run assets
1: because yeltsin was just a weak he was weak because he was just too fucked up all the time
0: yeah yeah exactly Uh, fascinating book. I would really recommend it. People often ask us for book recs and I'm really enjoying this. Uh, so give that a read.
1: Yeah, that's good. It's a good topic, man. It's uh, it's a lot of good, a lot of good drama. You know what I mean? It's much more interesting than Western politics.
0: Totally. So speaking of wealth, I have a great, uh, observation for you. Um, my girlfriend and I went to a brewery yesterday, right. And it had finally opened up its outer outdoor seating area. It was so great. Uh, we were, you know, sitting at picnic tables, drinking brews, uh, playing cribbage, having a nice time. And I looked at another table near us and it was a family with like a dad, you know, I presume either his son or his son-in-law and then daughter or daughter-in-law uh, who were probably in their early thirties, about, about my age. And then his wife. And this dad was wearing like a puffy vest Handsome looking dude, kind of looked like Chris Cuomo a little bit, you know, but, but older. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing a Wheels Up hat. <laughs> Do you know what Wheels Up is? Does it mean that you fly planes? No, Wheels Up is one of those private jet rideshare services. Oh, gotcha. Like NetJets. Gotcha. Um, where basically you like can almost Uber private jet
1: right you buy like you buy a 10-pack
0: yeah and it it may be that you you know you have to pay a membership fee but there's always going to be an additional cost i mean it's it's not as if it makes private jet travel affordable
1: i relatively speaking it does though it makes it less expensive than the other way of doing it
0: oh certainly than than owning your own jet and having two full-time staffed Pilots and having the airplane hangar and the fuel costs and all of that, right. it is much less expensive than that, right. but
1: but but still expensive,
0: still sure. really, really insanely expensive. But right. dude, I don't think there is a level of douchebaggery that I could sink to where I would wear a wheels up hat.
1: <laughs> what if you own the company though? Oh. Uh. <laughs> That's like the only way that it's not douchey. All
0: right. So there's one person in the world who can wear a wheels up hat because he started the company.
1: Right, right. Or if you at
0: I mean, the same time, that would be like the, the Uber CEO wearing an Uber hat. I I don't know.
1: No, fair enough. And also if you work at the company, you can't you probably can't afford to take the flights. So you shouldn't be wearing the hat if you can't yes. afford them. So literally one guy who should be wearing it in the world.
0: There's <laughs> one guy that we could give and and and, and let's just assume. By playing the numbers that this guy is not the dude who founded wheels up uh yeah okay that basically means that he wants to wear a piece of clothing that lets everybody know that he flies private totally and beyond that though it's the lowest tier of flying private right no totally it you know definitely. what I mean like he's not he's not so rich that like like there are rich people that would look at him and be like really you fly wheels up that's fucking perfect. Yeah, dude, it's
1: it's the timeshare of flying private.
0: Yes, exactly. It's yeah. like it's it's a third floor apartment in a high rise in Miami Beach of flying <laughs> private. Third floor, not like 20th or 30th floor, probably right. with canal views, not beach views. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Uh dude, so <laughs> I was looking at this guy and I just thinking like, okay, so so people who own private jets and are super baller, like, yeah, one billion dollars plus, they don't wear like I'm a G5 owner, totally, you know, Gulfstream proud, proud Gulfstream daddy,
1: right? No, d- dude, absolutely, and it's because people when you're a fucking billionaire, people know because there aren't yes. a ton of those.
0: So my guess is that if this guy is a wheels up dude. He's probably in the like hundred million range, maybe a little north, maybe like 100, between hundred between $200 hundred and two hundred million.
1: You which, could, in theory, have less and be
0: doing the and be taking wheels. Yeah, up. you probably could. You probably or whatever. I mean, let's, I, yeah, it okay. all depends on your priorities, right? Agreed.
1: Okay, let's assume he's in the hundred mil range, which is no slouch.
0: It's <laughs> no slouch. If you if you're sitting <laughs> on a hundred million dollars, yeah, you you can fly. I guess you can fly wheels up. I do think that there are cheaper, there may be cheaper private air travel options than that, but I just thought it was the douchiest thing to wear a fucking wheels up hat. I really did.
1: Dude, yeah, it's that's yeah extraordinarily douchey. Well, how old is this guy?
0: Yeah, probably 62, 65. Oh, well, HR,
1: you mentioned that already. Cuomo, older Cuomo situation. Older
0: Cuomo, but handsome, like kind of dashing looking guy. Let's look at the pictures of the... Uh, I'm looking at the picture of the wheels up and the fact that we're just assuming, no, it's definitely not either of these two dudes.
1: It's funny too, man. It's like when you're that age, that's the age where like you, you have just enough like juice left in your dick that you want to like impress girls. Totally. Like that, like sixties age guy, those, are the, that's like an age where you can still like score young chicks if you're rich enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know? he seemed, he did seem pretty at peace with his family. Like they look happy. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that he's, he's not taking secret. Yes, taking secret wheels up trips to Aspen to see his 23 year old <laughs> uh, au pair from Russia, you know? <laughs> Are
1: That's you a Mile High guess. Club member?
0: Not with another person by myself.
1: Are you jerked at?
0: Oh, many a time, many a time. Are you?
1: No. Um, but I, I one time could have probably executed it and I was fighting with, with the girl I was dating at the time. Um, and we didn't pull it off and it's a, it's a regret for sure. I will
0: one day join it though. Explain your process.
1: Um, Okay, where are you talking about the time where I missed how would out? You,
0: how would you pull it off? Because it seems super okay. risky to me. And okay, you totally. can get arrested for it.
1: So this time, the time that I could have but didn't, I was on a private flight. And oh, wow. But, but, but typically, you know, it's this girl's parents have the money. So we're always with her parents. But one time she flew from New York to her, to her college uh, in Rhode Island. And we <laughs> flew together on the plane, and we were in a fight the entire time. It was like a 30-minute flight, but we totally could have mile hide it <laughs> if we hadn't been fighting. And it's a bummer. And also, dude, the other thing, like, to her, flying private wasn't that cool. So, like, if I was like, we should mile-high mile high club, <laughs> like, I would have looked like a fucking dork. You know what I mean? Like, part yeah. of that was you have to act like you've been there before, even though you haven't, you know?
0: Dude, let me say something. I don't care – how many lottery tickets I win in my lifetime, flying private will always be the coolest thing that I've ever experienced. And every single time I do it, I'm going to want a picture in front of the plane. Not, I mean, necessarily, I know. I know. not necessarily to post on Instagram, but just to have. Uh, and and sometimes I'll see people posting in front of their private jet on the airplane with their like buddies off to go somewhere. And for a split second, I think, Oh, fuck these guys. Like that's so act like you've been there. And then I'm like, no, don't act like you've been there. Flying private is fucking incredible. I know the the gulf between commercial air travel. And and I know I sound like a douchebag here, but let me just say this. I've never paid for private air travel. I've always been a passenger.
1: Totally, we can talk about it because it's a it's a luxury to. It's not like we're doing it all the time.
0: No, i've I've flown i've flown private. I think either three or four, yeah, four times, and three of those times with was, was with the same friend whose dad owned a jet. And is, I mean, yeah,
1: and that's the other thing. You need to distinguish the jet is the is what we're talking about. Like if you and your family took a little plane from one island in Jamaica to another, that's just not like private, that doesn't count.
0: Yeah, if you had turbulence, you didn't fly private. I mean, come <laughs> on, get the fuck out of here. If you didn't have a sashimi platter, you didn't fly private. <laughs> bring me my fruit salad and bring it right now. That's what I, that, that's what flying private is all about. So yeah, dude, flying private, flying private is the best thing ever. Yeah, but, it's crazy, it is
1: you crazy. Know,
0: I also underst I also think that like per- showing people that you've flown private in regular life with apparel is pathetic.
1: Yeah, fair. Listen, man, this is it's it's a nuanced it's the nuanced game bragging about private flying. Totally. <laughs> well, dude, totally. let me ask you. So, you you asked this question earlier in this discussion. How would one pull off the Mile High Club on a public flight?
0: Yes. Do you have an answer to that?
1: The only thing that I can think of is pretending that you're taking your sick girlfriend to the bathroom. I've I've thought
0: that same thing. I've thought that. Absolutely.
1: But then I think everybody probably thinks that, and everybody probably immediately knows what the people are doing. But at the same time, like who's like making up this intricate lie to bang their girlfriend in the bathroom? Like,
0: well, well, you're right. Okay. So there's two ways to go about it, right? Let's either you're just a total cowboy and you go in there together and hope that, you know they don't see you right and i've right. heard I, by the way i've read like reddit forms on this and <laughs> apparently you know a european overnight flight everyone goes to sleep that's the, the flight time. attendants have kind of settled in to play gem drop or candy crush <laughs> for a few hours and you're you, that's when you go and it's coast is clear you're you should be okay i don't know that's one thought the other thought is to <laughs> to try to cover your tracks and, and get ahead of it by saying yeah my girlfriend is really sick or she's having a panic attack i'm just gonna go into this two foot by three foot bathroom to help her with her claustrophobia by adding another person <laughs> into this terribly small room
1: right I, it seems like you could easily get away with it and dude like because that's the thing there's no like there's no sign that has two people fucking with a line through it
0: you know what i mean yeah yeah
1: like the Well, here's the other thing. Claire.
0: Here's the other thing I always do. Whenever I walk into an airplane bathroom, I size it up and I think, how many positions would be available to us in here? Yeah,
1: only there's like one standing doggy.
0: Yeah, standing doggy is the only one. It's the only one. Because anything other than that, and you're basically either putting like a foot in the toilet or her head in the toilet. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be lifting her up like a goddamn porn star, you know, bicep curling her body. So uh, it's it's standing doggy, which isn't even a position I like. You're basically going in there to say you joined the Mile High Club. At right. this point in my life, it's not a club that I really need to be a part of. I'd much totally. rather be part of the Wheels Up Club. So <laughs> That's my standpoint on that whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'd still like to do it just to do it.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, but
1: I feel you. It's not a high priority.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, so. And then, okay. So here's the question: How do you, if you've gone under, gone into the bathroom under the pretense that your girlfriend was sick and you're looking after her, how do you exit the bathroom? Um.
1: Okay. Well, this is. Well, that's a. Th- there's a couple ways you could do that. First of all, you could notify the flight attendant as you're going into the bathroom. And be like she's sick like you said to get ahead of it or you just both go in and then you the guy as the guy you exit first if there's anybody else waiting you explain to them that she's not feeling well Mm -hmm. if there's nobody waiting you just walk back to your seat and then you let her finish up and then she goes
0: but my question is if there's a flight attendant out there checking up on you suspicious do you say she's doing a little better now she just needs a little more time or do you say and then and then does your girlfriend like work herself up to look like she's been crying how far do you go with the ruse
1: yeah at that point dude once you've gotten away with it who fucking cares she could be she could be perfectly healthy and if the flight attention is like oh that was a quick turnaround you'd be like yeah it was it's a miracle
0: or you're like don't you insult me like that quick turn (laughs) what the fuck seven (laughs) minutes you
1: know i'm a sky miles member (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh man dude my allergies just kicked in my eyes are so itchy same
1: same it's crazy um dude so i was in yeah everybody sorry to everybody dealing with these allergies right now guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software."
0: Um, bring us up they, to speed on the life and times of julio well dude this
1: is good stuff all right so first of all it's i want to paint the picture of the town that we live where we're from it's called uh Hadam. higginham is the town technically but it's like part of this town Haddam. small town okay um and it's it's very rural to the point where like i realized that any friends of mine who like grew up in suburban communities or from the city they may never encounter a town like this in their life it's a rural small mm-hmm. town Perfectly nice, like pretty middle of the road town. Um, but I went and stayed with my parents and my girlfriend had to work. So we have one kind of like room that's conducive for that in the house, the study, right? So we, we kind of cleared it before. We're like, Hillary needs the study. She needs to work in the study, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, okay, great, great. No worries. And we're like, she has to be in there the whole day. Are you guys sure? Yeah, no, it's fine. Totally fine. So she had an 8.30 a.m. work call. The first day we're there. The first day we're there. a.m., she goes into the office. She starts talking. I'm not kidding you. Less than 10 minutes into the call, my dad enters the room shirtless with a towel over (laughs) her shoulder and is just going through stuff while Hillary is trying to sell sell shit. She's in a business meeting (laughs) selling shit. And she's like, so yeah, this is what we can deliver, like doing her whole spiel. And a nude man walks behind her. Like, you couldn't see his lower (laughs) half of his body to see he had pants on either. So for all you know, this man is completely naked, fresh out of the shower, just bumbling around. And I was like, dad, what the fuck are you doing? She immediately just had to mute. Like, she's like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn this, turn off the camera for a second. Like, trying to, like. (laughs) and just like what a what a tough, I felt so bad for her. She texted me. She's like, "Your dad just walked in," and and like she was trying to be cool yeah. about it. So then we had to put a yeah. sign on the door that was like, "Do not enter."
0: You know, it's funny though, dude. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people in business are like that's so that's happened so much lately right. that it's the new kind of new thing, like right? I brought my baby to work and I'm breastfeeding. Don't act weird about it. You know what totally. I mean? Totally um, and it's funny because, as we talk about transitioning to to so many people potentially working from home, that will always be the occupational hazard definitely did you speaking of Chris Cuomo, did you see the the clip of him in his wife 's yoga Instagram story in the background? he's just butt naked. <laughs> And it was up <laughs> no for like way. a few minutes, and then she, they saw it and took it down. But naked? Completely naked, but but facing away, so it's only his incredibly ass. ripped back and ass.
1: That guy, dude, is he taking human growth hormone? Like, how no, is he he's, so shredded? No, he's shred. an
0: avid CrossFitter. He's like, he, he's one of those people who wakes up at three in the morning. You know?
1: <sighs> Fuck, man. How? Like, I mean, dude, you look great, bro. Like, you have a great Thank body.
0: Thank you. I, well, it's so sweet <laughs> of you. That's so sweet of you. But let me tell you <laughs> something, dude. There's a difference between being really, like, toned and fit and being super jacked. And, and what, I and think, what, what do you consider yourself? Dude, I'm not – nobody would look at me and be like, that's a beefy, like, super muscular dude.
1: Okay, but you think Chris Cuomo is that?
0: Yeah, he's yeah. big. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Chris D'Elia talked about this on his podcast. There have been periods in my life where I have – had a personal trainer that I was seeing like three or four days a week. Very structured, disciplined, heavy weightlifting workouts. Right. Totally changed my diet. Went very high protein, like complex carbohydrates, cutting out sugar. Went, went full Navy SEAL for a period of like six months. Kind of the amount of time that you would need to like prep to play a Marvel superhero, right? <laughs>
1: and when when was this in your life
0: this was when i was working at barstool and so a couple years ago yeah probably like 2000 mid 2017 to you were to seeing
1: a trainer four times a week
0: three times a week but then i was like doing my own workout based on what he'd given me another time of the week and then i was doing like cardio twice a week i mean i was it, it was by far the strongest and most in shape that i've ever been right more than college when I was playing lacrosse, more than any of that, and I weighed, I went up. Right now, I weigh about like two hundred and four pounds, and I was two eighteen at that point.
1: And just fucking shred.
0: Yeah, I was, I was huge. My clothes like didn't really fit that well.
1: Right? But, Did you
0: like it? No. Well, let me say. Let me I say prefer. This.
1: I think you're cuter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I personally prefer your current body. Just so,
0: you know. so, so so do I, and I think it's because <laughs> I just feel a lot healthier. And, like, you know, shit hurts when you're lifting that much. Like, your joints start to hurt. Yeah. But let good. me tell you this, dude. I did not look anything like a Marvel superhero. I didn't look like Kamail Nanjiani. I didn't look like Hugh Jackman. I didn't look like Bradley Cooper in uh, American Sniper. I, and, and Chris D'Elia basically just says – all these guys are on steroids. Right. And I think that's that must be true. Because if I... I, I just looked bigger kind of all around, mm-hmm. but nobody would have been like, whoa, that dude's huge. That dude's right. super jacked. Um, right. and, and, they, I don't, and they do it so fast, bro. Yes, yes. Like
1: all of a sudden, they're just absolutely ripped. They have veins b- bursting from everywhere. And it's like, how the fuck do you do that?
0: And and I just I just think unless you're willing to do steroids because I was eating so much more protein I was following it I was so disciplined and how many grams a
1: day were you eating like 250 grams of protein I'd wake
0: up and I would eat like three eggs with some smoked salmon and then it like with with some sweet potatoes and then it it like I'd have an 11 a.m meal and then I'd have like a 3 p.m meal and then I'd have a 7 p.m dinner I mean it was so much chicken so much fish right and, and I put on 14 or 15 pounds of muscle, which is a lot. It's a lot. That's so much when you're not putting on any fat. But right. I still was not – I don't think people would have said I was jacked. Right. And so it just makes me realize chasing that, like, superhero body's bullshit unless you're willing to, like, Cut fucking corners. Do, do steroids or have a – personal trainer who was appointed by the studio to watch everything you do and force feed you know vitamixed protein down your throat like you're like you're a goose being made for (laughs) foie gras
1: dude i know one guy who he did when i was on that prank show um he did an episode and this guy was absolutely fucking shredded and he would tell me he would he would eat smoothies he would only eat one actual meal a day he would have a smoothie for breakfast smoothie for dinner eat a normal lunch and the smoothie was like all natural like da 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 and that he had lived like that for like seven years
0: okay but was he was he like big
1: no he wasn't like gigantic But super he was just cut super cut but also like i'll send you this guy I'll send, you'll be yeah, like send, you'll be me,
0: send me his body i'd like to see I'll i send really you enjoy body. that now, listen to me. I'm also going to say this, dude.
1: a 7 is this guy's Instagram, by the way, if anybody else is interested.
0: I'm going to look him up right now. Up. By the way, I have to say this. I love dudes with good bodies. <laughs> like, I, I I will stare at a guy with a great body. It, it makes me very happy. I don't know why.
1: I mean, dude, look, it's good to see a good, a good bod, dude. It's nice to see a good bod. I'll tell you this, man. I worked out so hard for two and a half months. I had a trainer writing my stuff and writing my diet and my body like barely changed. Like I'm, and I was really good, dude. I didn't Mm -hmm. drink at all. I was really disciplined. And like, I probably shed maybe 3% body fat, but like it was so much work and barely anything happened. And I'm just kind of like, what the fuck was it? like, what am I doing?
0: Dude, you know, you have to decide what your goal is. I find that I do just feel better when I'm eating cleaner food.
1: Oh, dude, like, for sure. It just makes your brain work so much better. I feel The day better. after
0: – yeah, the day after I eat a meal of, like, fish and vegetables for dinner versus the day after I eat a pizza, objectively, that I, I'm I'm in a better shape after the fish. Definitely. But, dude, this guy, Matty07, Matty he's – I wouldn't say he, – he's, like, a cut, almost, like, soccer player – Type body,
1: right? Okay.
0: He's okay. not huge. Okay. I wouldn't say that he's huge. With he's clothes just- on, yeah. With clothes on, like I would think, oh yeah, that guy works out. But I wouldn't be like that dude is preparing for war.
1: What do you think about his cute pick from May seventeenth?
0: <laughs> his cute pick from May. Okay, hold on. Let me go back. Wow. It's he's like got flip. a lot of really cute pics. Okay. <laughs> so like, I don't love that. And I think it's his puffy nipples. Like I I'm a big right. nipple snob, you know, mm. um, I, I really care a lot about the nipples. And if you look our right nipple, his actual left nipple is too puffy for me. <laughs> the other one's fine. It a little bit. Yeah. It's just, it just makes me think like, you know, hugging him would, would, he'd poke you and i don't want that
1: so dude what so you but you, do you have you don't have puffy nipples right no i so i have puffy nipples dude
0: i know and i gave you shit for you at one time and it, it's the regret of my time podcasting <laughs> with you i felt so bad about saying that afterwards because <laughs> you were just like i got nothing and then i was like no <laughs> tell well, me I, guess, I suck
1: it doesn't bother me that much and i don't think it's like I mean, unless there's something I'm missing, because it's funny. Today, so I noticed somebody else posted something about puffy nipples, like, on Instagram, one of my friends. And I'm just like, is that, like, really a thing that matters? Like, I've never, like, felt it self-conscious about it.
0: It's it's not. I would say that this dude, it, it, honestly, puffy's not really the right word. These are pokey nipples.
1: No, no, but also, I don't want you to, I don't know. I don't want you to think that I – am offended by proxy that you're making fun of this guy's puffy nipple i don't care
0: your your nipples are better than this guy's nipples this guy's nipples look like he's true. ready to breastfeed
1: my nipples are not better than this guy's nipples i don't think well but, but whatever you fight okay. you do what you can
0: so yeah <laughs> so my point being all right we're talking a lot about male bodies i, I love a guy with a good body i stare and you know back 10 15 years ago i would have been insecure about my my sexual orientation based on those uh those lingering looks that i would cast at at men with good bodies let me tell you something dude on friday i went out on a boat with some old friends of mine from maine kids that i went to high school with right Mm -hmm. and they've stayed here they've lived in maine they have a great life they have a boat, they go out fishing, they awesome. get fucked up, you know, they got into cocaine late, and oh, so what? they're still really enjoying that, and even at like <laughs> 31, they'll have a bonfire and just, spe- they'll just stay up all night talking. It always blows my mind. W- which sounds like my nightmare, but Same. that they're, that's where they are at. And we're out on the boat, my girlfriend's there, one of them has their girlfriend, and they're, they've been drinking since like noon, and... A couple interesting things happened one of them used the word fag like in casual conversation just like called me or another guy a fag but with no no gay uh it wasn't there was nothing malicious in terms of a gay sense it was just using that word lazily and my girlfriend and i like both stopped and we were like what did you say and he was like (laughs) oh are you are you guys not cool with that? <laughs> and I was so, I hadn't heard that word used that lazily in so many years. Right. That I was just like, dude, who talks like that anymore? Totally. And I, I wasn't even trying to, like, virtue signal or call him out or teach him the error of his ways. It was as if someone had walked out of a changing room closet wearing a 1980s outfit and being like, this is totally. sick, right, guys? Totally,
1: totally. And, I, and I, to be, I was just like,
0: w- where, what time warp did you just enter from? Dude, 100%. And then... We continued, you know, to putter around these islands. One of them finished a bottle of, like, plastic Jim Beam and then just threw it into the ocean. Oh, God. Jesus. Just littered.
1: Trailblazing, these guys.
0: And that was when I was like, I didn't know people like this existed anymore. Right. And and I know that's a, an ignorant thing to say. And it's the very reason why people are surprised by certain political outcomes or, you know, whatever. But I just like, I hadn't seen someone discard trash into the ocean like that.
1: Right. Especially with so like long. where we're at with like the turtles and the straws and like, you know it's not a good look to be doing that in front of people you aren't super close to exactly. now i wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that to begin with but if i were going to do something off color i wouldn't do it in front of an audience that whose whose reaction i couldn't anticipate that is exactly correct yeah
0: the fact that you to, to be that comfortable around uh, uh, people that you don't know that well and to just assume that everyone is on board yeah Big mistake. it's I don't know it's like it's like dropping hate speech or or having a very specific conspiracy theory that you assume everyone's on board with totally. fucking I, I was I was aghast I said to him I was like dude you could have just given that to me I would have taken care of it for you and he's like I know I'm sorry I'm white trash I'm sorry <laughs> and the water was like cold and we I, I that we we were ripping at that point and so it was like I couldn't get the captain to stop the boat and turn around. We were going full speed. Jesus. And it has like, it's haunted me that that bottle is just floating around out there.
1: That's good. dude. You're a good guy. I mean that dude. I, yeah. That's unacceptable behavior at this point. Like, what are you doing, dude? Especially in front of other people. Like what a, bo- what a bozo. What a like, bozo. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he's drunk, getting too comfy. Like, at that point, so, so the guy driving the boat was a guy they had, they had hired, or was this one of the people who had been committing these social crimes?
0: The, the driver the driver is a friend of mine. They are all, like, the driver is the guy I'm closest to, and he wasn't the one committing the social faux pas. But <laughs> um, the other, you know, I don't think that this would have been very weird to the driver either.
1: Right, 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 right. Dude, I mean, just, at that point, I would start getting nervous for my safety in the boat. Because, like, people who are just that much of a wild card, like... Yeah. I would just start... Like, especially if I was a little high, like, I would just be really, like, overthinking the moment and just be, like, really stressed out.
0: Well, it... Yes. It it, it made me realize that, uh, obviously, parts of the country evolve at different speeds. People evolve at different speeds. And that isn't to say that these guys will ever get on board with not throwing their shit into the ocean. But... Other things, I mean, (laughs) uh, other things that were that stood out to me as being different. They were talking about wanting to bring me bear hunting in September, hunting black bears. And, you know, these guys, by the way, these guys have AR 15s. Oh, shit. They have lots of guns. But it's Maine. It's Maine, but, you know, I just I guess I even AR-5, even I grew AR-15s. up in a bubble in Maine. Dude, owning an AR15 is a different speed. It, that's a crazy. Yeah. I shot one of those at a gun range in Nashville. It is the loudest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, dude. It was uncomfortably loud. It shook my brain. I'm sure. I'm and sure. even compared to like the heavy handguns and the machine gun and the shotgun. Have you sh- yeah. you shot all of that? We shot all of that. Wow. And it was like, I didn't, I wasn't turned on the way some people are, but right. I was glad to have done the experience. Totally, totally, But the AR-15 stood out as a truly, insanely loud, offensively loud, violently loud machine.
1: Right.
0: Um, so anyway, they're talking about bringing me bear hunting and they're like, yeah, we drive up four hours on logging roads up to the Northern Maine, no cell <laughs> service. You know, we got the dogs. <laughs> They, dude, they why, are they, the, why are they Australian? I don't know how to do that. I was doing the main accident. They're like, yeah, buddy, you know, you 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 get you bring the dogs up there, and they, they, they smell them, and they chase, they hunt the bear, they run them up into a tree, and then you is just, it like Bostonian
1: kind of? It's
0: close to Bostonian. I got yeah, better I can at it. Fucking
1: take him up to the fucking woods. Dude. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, you, you get them up in the tree, yeah, and you shoot them, right, and boy, he falls out of the tree like a sack of potatoes, and then right at the ground, you put another <laughs> one, you put another one right in his brain oh god and then they like bring him to this guy who curates the the whole thing
1: like a taxonomist.
0: yeah yeah and he hangs him up in his garage on a hook and then takes a machete and slits up and they're explaining this to me as i'm like sipping a craft beer on the boat enjoying the sunset and they're like the the guts spill out all over the floor of his garage and he's oh like what God. do you want some you want some bear sausages you want some <laughs> you know we can make back straps we can make fillets the heart is really tender and i'm like dude you know i'll happily buy some of this meat from you but i am not coming on this trip
1: right well at least they at least they eat it. <laughs> that's funny
0: dude at least they eat it exactly exactly i have no problem with hunting i really don't i have no problem with hunting but i just i like padding animals so much that i don't think i could kill yeah, one
1: i like animals dude i you know i feel you on that I, there's just I, although you know um it sounds there's something cool about it the idea of bear hunting but yeah i would probably pass also yeah um but that's cool dude
0: so all of that was the the precursor to my saturday night which was when I got invited to go perform on a stand-up comedy show, the first one that I've done in three months.
1: Wow, how is that?
0: Up in, also in Northern Maine, it was two hours northwest of where we live. We live on the coast. And like, by the way, Southern Maine, Portland area is where most of the population of Maine lives. Portland's the biggest city. And then really the majority of the, I don't know, the the people in Maine live along the coast, right? Ports, shipping, uh, fishing, all that. Everything seems to be along the coast. But if you get up into northwestern central Maine, uh, it is, it's different, dude. Yeah. It's different. Every single house, I'm not kidding you, every house has a big Trump-Pence sign. posted there. Whereas southern Maine is very very left-leaning right right um and so it's all that it's all trailer houses everyone has like these can-am open-air like off-roading vehicles that they drive down the streets crazy like dune buggies basically um everyone has a weapon and we were performing at this it was basically i'm not exaggerating when i say this it was a it was like a right-wing militia uh meeting place called the east end brewing company and we go in there and we're perform we're supposed to perform out back there's a chicken coop with geese in it that was attached to the stage no way picnic tables a fire pit um now get this it starts raining so we have to stay inside right but everybody there all these people you know their job they all run grow operations of marijuana interesting and they've been doing it for tens of years so long before it was legal and now it's legal and now they've just been selling it dude one of these dudes told me i could buy a pound of weed from him for one thousand dollars that sounds that has to be an extremely good deal right I would say a normal pound of weed would run you anywhere from like 2600 to 3500 That's what you should expect to pay. Right. For a little math really quickly, when I buy a half ounce of weed by a delivery guy in New York City, I pay 250 bucks. So a full ounce, roughly $500, let us call it, maybe a little less. There are 16 ounces in a pound.
1: Right, right.
0: Which would be... S- 16 times 500 is, what, $8,000? This right, guy was but, willing to sell me a pound for a $1,000.
1: Well, here's the question, though. How, like, high-tech is his situation? Is it just, like, shitty you weed? You showed me it pictures.
0: Good? It looked like, uh, you know, oh, a, really? a very modern machine that was culling wow. the buds off these huge rows of plants. Wow. Really good weed. And he said it's just that, like, back in the day, you know, in, in five years ago, he would have made $30,000 a month selling weed. And now he's lucky to make 4000 because as weed has become recreationally legal in Maine, uh, nobody, nobody cares anymore. It, right. The supply has outshot the demand already.
1: Right. You had, so you had to have seen that coming. Yeah. That's a
0: bummer. But dude, these guys, I mean, I'll tell you, pretty good audience not bad not bad like they were very involved with the jokes yeah you'd tell a joke and like i would be like you know my sister's pregnant which is a bummer because she told me we didn't need to use the condom and they would be like oh buddy up i've been there Been there big guy. can't trust your sister i don't care if she's family (laughs) and i'm like doing these hacky incest (laughs) jokes for them and they're fucking slapping and then like Slapping their knees and then telling the people they're come with, like, I ah, banged my sister last week, it'll tell you why we had a bit of a scare, you know?
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> dude,
0: I don't know, man. All bets are off.
1: Was doing stand-up weird? Like, was it hard? Did you like forget everything you like? How did you review to get prepared for it?
0: Honestly, this was just me going up there and stretching. Right. It was just like a total let's go for a light jog right. to, to get our feedback i i tried to i I hadn't i didn't even have the ability to try new stuff right um they these people just weren't willing to listen it was such a weird slice of humanity to be performing for uh so i'm not going to connect with these people by telling jokes about you know driving my dad's tesla or like you know the the irony was this town was called cambridge maine And we're driving in there and I have all these, I'm writing all these jokes in my head about how like I've spent time in both Cambridge, England and Cambridge, Massachusetts, significant (laughs) time, but this is my favorite Cambridge, you know, and I know for a fact that these people, as soon as I got in there, that they don't, they don't know, they don't, they probably don't even know where Cambridge, Massachusetts is.
1: So I just
0: dumped all that shit and like tried to do incest and gun jokes and I'm not very good at those.
1: Hilarious. Love it, dude.
0: Uh, I don't know. So you're in Florida?
1: Yeah, I'm in uh, Palm Beach, and, and uh, must
0: be nice.
1: I've we flew, which and I was, you know, it's it's like it's it's the time of year that's normally not busy here. You know, so now right. I guess it's busier because all this shit. Um, and you know, it's it, dude, it's 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 a nice change of pace, staying with friends. Um, Ricky, who you guys uh, listeners have probably remember, he was on one of our episodes. And uh, just, you know, laying low for a couple of weeks and figuring it out, man.
0: Love it. Did, did Hillary fl- come, come down y- with you?
1: Yes, Hillary's here, too.
0: Nice. Um,
1: flying was, like, very chill. Yeah. Um, you know, not how, a ton of people in the
0: airport. How full was the plane?
1: I mean, it wasn't full, but it wasn't not. I mean, there was definitely, like, the Aeroflot flights that I took during non-pandemic times had fewer people on them. Yeah. Than, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these, there's probably 50 people on the flight.
0: On a plane that holds what a hundred?
1: Um, I'm not. I'm well. There's no middle seat, so like no middle seat action happening. But like most of the rows had two people in the, two people in the aisle and the window, but nobody in any middle seats. Um, I see. And you know, I, I'm happy that I did it because, you know, I'm I would feel very comfortable flying elsewhere as well. Yeah,
0: that's good to know. So yeah, I think things that are um. God, I never know what to say, but I, I'm hoping. Uh, you you see people inching back out of their shells in, in certain facets of life. And that's very encouraging. Totally. Um, should we wrap there? Let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. You guys are the best. We've really enjoyed, uh, everything as always talking to you guys. Um, it's a pleasure. We have some fun reader e- emails and submissions to talk about on the next episode, which we may do. Um, but for now, keep sending us your thoughts, your struggles, your experiences, Especially any – send us some thoughts about um, if you've got any mile-high club tips for next yes. episode. We'll, we'll love, we'd love to hear that. For now, I'm, Oops, uh, I'm Francis Ellis. This is Oops, the podcast. He's Julio Uh G, any final thoughts?
1: Um, no, everybody stay safe, and uh, good luck out there.